1: Hey everybody, welcome back into the Letterman Lounge. This is Letterman Live. It is brought to you by Roosters. It's a fun, casual joint, and it is a absolutely beautiful day in Columbus, Ohio. The patio is rocking. It's one of those days that they just write poems about, about how glorious it is to live in this city. The Buckeyes win over the weekend. Everybody's ready to get out, get some roosters, get ready for Appetizer Tuesday, just lay down a meal today to get ready for the cheesy bacon fries on Tuesday. Mm. It's just going to be a great They do.
0: They look so good. A
1: great episode. So much to talk about with Nicole Cox, Bobby Carpenter, and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. So, hey. I think normally it'd be pretty boring to talk about 59 to 7, but that's not the case for Ohio State in general with what's gone on in this first month of the season, uh, with the Big 10 uh, reopener, I guess we'll call it, on Saturday in the afternoon at Rutgers. Yeah. Birmingham and I are look very much looking forward to that road trip, our favorite of all time. <laughs> Always works out for Berm's birthday with a nine-hour road trip yeah. over to Piscataway, New Jersey.
2: There's a lot to do there, though, once you get there. No, there's not. No, there's there's st- sure
1: is there, there is stuff your face, however, and that's that's what we're looking for. We're just going to mm. pack up some roosters on Friday morning and and make a little picnic along the way. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about Ohio State's offensive identity and Kavon Pope. Bob, as someone who was dedicated, committed to this program has given your life to still participating and being around in the Woody. I just, what did you think when you either saw or heard what was happening in the second quarter in that silver bullet position room with Al Washington, with Kayvon Pope, with Ryan Day? I don't think I've ever seen anything like it.
2: Yeah, it was pretty unique. I mean, I've I've been a part of teams where guys have like quit maybe after training camp or things like that, like things didn't line up. And, you know, I'm curious to ask some of those. Well, some of them I do know. I've talked to them and they've regretted it. And, you know, they're like, seemed like a good idea. Played a couple of years. Like, ah, it's my senior year. It's not looking like I'm going to play as much as I want or maybe where I want. And so they walked away and it's like, yeah, I regret that now for the rest of my life. Like, looking back, (laughs) I regretted it middle of the season. You know, once you decided not to do it. You know, I, I was looking, though, for like, you know, Ric Flair to come out of somewhere. I mean, maybe like a, a Hulk Hogan, I don't know the, where all the new wrestlers are, but I felt like I was in an episode of like Monday Night Raw, where I like, <laughs> ripping the gloves off the heel, maybe tearing open a jersey as an Akron jersey on underneath. I mean, it was just <laughs> there was a lot going on. I'm like, wow. I mean, this is this is happening. And the amazing thing is, is that it went largely under the radar. Due to the fact that there was no sideline cameras on it, there's really no footage of it. So unless you were in the press box and you've got an eagle eye like Austin Ward and said, hey, this <laughs> this looks like a volatile situation. I'd better watch this. Or you're probably in the first, like, 15 to 20 rows of the stands on the team side. And you're like uh,
1: – If you caught a cave on yeah, glove, maybe. That's
2: a kind of, maybe got hit by one when you weren't paying attention. Well, it's like, what's going on? And then – because you can hear the arguments and stuff. When you're right there in the front row and there's not a lot of noise, you can hear things going on. But there was still no evidence of it until actually you got to the Twitterverse later. But, you know, I just, I've just i never seen anything quite like that escalate to that level. I've seen a lot of arguments. So you guys get in you know, fights with Coach, potentially even maybe like get him up to the locker room. I've never seen a guy kind of go to the locker room on his own, come back, and then be escorted up. It's just disappointing, though, because I think some of these young men, don't understand at the time believe me and i was one of those guys and i was fully like burn the house down with me inside i don't care this house is coming down <laughs> and you don't realize like, hey, probably next day probably wasn't the best idea you're amped up emotionally things aren't going your way you had some stuff happen and they get into it And it's like yeah 24 hours later probably didn't 12 6 whatever it may be yeah. as soon as you come off like that emotional high like yeah, I really let that thing get out of control. And so I don't necessarily feel sorry for Kayvon with how he handled it. I mean, he, he's, not, he's not 18. I mean, he's a grown, grown man. He's old enough to probably consume alcohol and fight in the military. So he made his choice, but it's just tough to see that happen because once you sent out the tweet, which was the next level of it, you couldn't come back from it again. That's when Ryan oh. couldn't justify. Like, hey, we had an argument on the sideline. There's a disagreement between players about who was supposed to be out there. It escalated. We got, got a lot of compa- competitive, passionate guys. This is good because they care about what's going on.
1: Yeah,
2: couldn't say that because then you get in the locker room and it's just out there for the whole public to see. So he couldn't walk that back. And then ultimately leading to you know his dismissal. Which like, well, wasn't he going to quit? Well, yeah, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but. I think maybe ultimately that wasn't you know the end game that's kind of quitting just in the moment, maybe not on the full scale of like, I don't actually want to do this anymore once I'm of sound and like competent mind.
3: As someone who's been through the brotherhood, right? Like how, how do you balance the weight of this is my guy, we've been through all these fights together versus how dare you do this to the team that we're all playing for? Like how do you balance that?
2: Well, it depends on the guy and what they did. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and say like, you know, Kayvon Pope was, you know, number one in Mickey Marotti's gold chart working out. Because there are guys who I've been a part of, like, on a team where they made mistakes. The coaches are talking about it and players go in like, listen, you, know, you go either go to bat for the guy, you're like, we don't need him. And that happens. Like, and, and if, if, if all that would have happened, even maybe with the tweet, if you're like, this is a guy who's done it right, things got, wires got crossed, X, things got elevated, you would maybe go in. Yeah. You know, and you could see a guy like Haskell Garrett, who's a leader on that defense, saying, hey, I know we did all this. I'm not saying he shouldn't be punished because, you know what, maybe she's suspended for X number of games, and he has this. I always say there's worse things to life than sure. being suspended for games. <laughs> and then he has to do these things to earn his way back and to earn the respect and trust of the team again. If he's willing to do that, then that's that's a different story. But from everything you kind of see, I don't think he was in that situation. Right, and that, that was why – the.
3: This came to a head anyway because he's a guy that throughout his career at Ohio State hadn't done the little things yeah. throughout the week to earn that sort of respect and, and that sort of big play, trust, that, that place of honor inside Woo-woo. of the program. And so when you go out and as you said, I mean, I I do think that Ryan Day probably would have welcomed him back to the team. Welcomed as a it dissonance. wasn't maybe not, it's well, not a,
1: accepted. It's not a
3: probable. It was a possibility. Right. It, it, it's 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 a, he would have allowed him back, yeah. but I think that. The decision to escalate it by going to Twitter makes it public, makes it a public issue. And, and you guys, anyone who's played sports knows what happens in-house is supposed oh. to stay in-house. And when you put it out there in the streets like that, it becomes impossible. In the street, I mean, in the Twitter streets. And in, in, in these mean streets of Twitter, man, once you do that, you can't come back. There's oh.
2: there's a sign. I think there's one in the woody. It I'm should almost, just say, don't tweet. it's it, 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 that's the And, like, this there. is where a lot of places, it's just, yeah, Don't term Edwards. Don't <laughs> totally. click. If you want to write it out and, like, look at it, and then read it out loud to yourself a couple of times, and then all of a sudden you're probably going to be like, uh, X, discard. Yeah, not don't, Do not don't save a drafts Do not send. But there's a sign in a lot of facilities. And, you know, being around it, being thereafter as a former player, you know, I respect it probably even more, which is kind of disturbing some of the events that happened over the last couple of weeks. But what you see in here and what you say in here stays in here. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things that, you know, you can talk about and speak to, but you don't reveal in the quote air, the dirty laundry. Cause nobody wants that. No, whether it's you know, your, football quote, family, your personal family, friend group, as soon as you take it, where we had a heated conversation and you're bringing in like a third party, you know, that's, that's when things start to get a little weird,
0: especially the media, especially when you are in People like no, Nicole in the media. No, <laughs> no, not me. But the football team—they're looking for any dirt, any drama, any story to just add. No, and I'm not trying to speak negatively against the media, but there are the people, outlets out there that would just make it that much worse, you well, know. And you don't—that's the last thing they need right now.
3: And that's, it goes on to social media. Sorry, Austin. It goes on to social media because people want to be validated for their feeling, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So he he puts that out there because he wants people to. Agree with agree it. with it, yep. and so uh, that's where you know. I, I mean, we could get into a whole big episode about the problem with social media, but
0: oh, I, okay, cause uh, I was getting ready to start, on that, but you know, we will just leave it. No, do it
3: <laughs> you just need to <laughs> stop and think before you tweet. I mean, it, it's it's not always easy, especially for young kids who are built on on fire and passion and, and energy. But once you get to that point, once you send the tweet, how do you come back?
0: And you don't, and I and you know we just to bring like kids in. I mean, that's the number one thing I think a lot of parents try to teach their kids too, is it, once you put it out there, it's out there and yes, you can always delete it, but guarantee with him and his position, people are screenshotting it and it it's out there and you can never at that point change it. At least if it was a private conversation with coach day, it's just between coach day and him, you know? So, I mean, my, I feel bad for him in the sense that it's it's a mistake. And I say, you know, to my kids, like there are mistakes that I can't fix for you, you know, and social media is one of them. And I feel like in his situation, this is a mistake that can't be fixed. And I feel bad for him in that sense, because that that stinks as a, well, it you know. burned
2: up three to four years, even if he would have transferred. You know, we're talking about Dallas Gantt. You know, he's yeah. choosing the leap. Dallas, I mean,
1: look at how differently it was, it, it
2: was
0: handled.
1: <laughs> I mean.
2: Dallas will always be welcomed at Ohio State. You look at Joe Burrow. When he like, guys that leave and they go other places, heck, even Noah Spence and how he left, you know, a number of years ago, and it wasn't the greatest situation. No. You look at the positive things that they did here, and you can accept them. and be like, you know what, you will always be part of this family to a certain extent. When you do that, like, you're slamming the door and saying, I don't want to be part of the family anymore. And you really don't mean that at the time, yeah. or in the grand scheme, just maybe at the moment. Right. It's
3: it's Monday morning. He's en- entered the transfer portal officially as of today. Six days ago, Dallas can enter the transfer portal. Just look at the difference in. I mean, they they came in in the same recruiting class. They played the same position, and the difference in how things are handled is so extreme, and and now was so public and and so bad for Ohio State's look. I guess that how do you you know what you're saying is right it's totally different
0: and i think it's a lesson in life too that there are still adults out there that are still learning not to act on their <laughs> emotions you know like well so- there were
1: people adults <laughs> that were part of the ohio state linebacker family who wanted to take exception with what happened and took cave pope's side and i have to sit here and say look compare it to what dallas gantt did or the way that to roger mitchell this person that should know better like Kayvon Pope was not in the same situation as these other two people. That is just a fact. Yeah. This is if this had been the first or second or third, fourth time that he tried to quit the team, then you have a different conversation. And then the other part that you're talking about, Nicole, forget about even taking it to social media where the whole world can see it. There were 95,000 people in the stands. So even if the big 10 network did also, that's
2: pretty solid, by the way, it was a
1: good crowd focus on that. And the tailgate scene was also much livelier anecdotally from when we walked in. So people were back, um, the Ohio State fan base that has already been scrutinizing every move that they've made from every single week and counting who is out there to watch Carmen Ohio, and uh, you know analyzing who's going in the portal and what's happening and all these decisions that have been made over the last three weeks, that's all amplified and magnified. And Kayvon, that wouldn't be a mystery to Kayvon Pope, and you can't do it in the middle of a game. You just can't do it in the middle of a game. Nope. I can't say it any louder. I, I mean,
2: halftime was coming up. There was Just time wait, to blow up. Come back out. It literally was happening as his teammate
3: was returning an interception for a touchdown. So that's was, what saved that's it. What
1: also overshadowed it. And I did not so I didn't watch Ronnie Hickman make the pick six because when Kayvon Pope ran out there and Taraji Mitchell passionately waved him off the field, I thought, uh oh. Because if you're making a list of the five people, your wild cards Yeah, your shank guys that you've been looking for last couple weeks, Kayvon Pope might have been all five of them for me. So when he was sent to the sideline, I told Spencer right next to me, I said, "Something's happening here." I said, "This isn't going to be good." Didn't happen, but it ramped up way beyond what I ever could have anticipated. I start, I just started writing what I saw, stream of consciousness, because as you said, people weren't watching the replay; they didn't have that. Um and I thought oh maybe they've got this under control and they've managed it and then it ramped right back up again and I, I just it's, it was crazy and I just don't think that Ohio State had any other choice in this situation. No.
2: I mean maybe the choice in the future you know it's CJ Barnett you know former buckeye safety at Ohio State uh believe Northmont grad if I'm not mistaken former member of the CPD no. maybe arming him with like a trank dart you know or maybe some sort of taser some sedatives so when guys are get on that's the verge like of too. potentially you're like just I'm, stop
0: talking i'm not just gonna let talking. you
2: make this mistake yeah. Tren- in the net, and, hey. can
0: we do that to our kids sometimes
2: uh, yeah, I, is I mean, that legal it is. some ideas over here it is i'm gonna stop you from ruining your life that's what i'm going that's to do right really
0: and that's what you feel when you watch a situation like that and i think i think the reason ohio state could not bring him back is because what does that what kind of an example does that set for the other players, like mm-hmm. the Dallas Gantt that kept his mouth, you know, that that didn't act on his emotion? Because guaranteed, he was ha- he was emotional about his situation, and he handled it within, you know, within the team conversation, and handled it professionally. And there's something to be said for that because that's the that's and, difficult to well, do. To you're that. a
2: mom, Nicole. You, I mean, you let parent, you let your kids act a fool, and then it's like, all right, you're good. You can never come back from that. They realize like this happened, and so. Other people are going to see it like, well, that happened with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just gives you so much latitude. You'll never get it back. I made
1: this point to people in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center directly yesterday. If you want to maintain discipline for the future of your program, and they've already had the situation, okay, or you can't deny like Marcus Hook. Marcus Hooker came back after two DUIs. They made that choice, and they want to be supportive of their players. They say they make a pledge to the families. That's great. Okay? But – you're going to do that. And you let him come back. He's not even playing. Was it worth it to make that statement to your team from the discipl- disciplinary point? Probably not. Wasn't worth it. Kayvon Pope is not even a off-the-field issue. This was about playing time. He walked off the field. If that's the standard that you're going to have the program to, that you're allowed to throw a fit in public about not being able to play as many snaps as you want, you might have to just start all over and blow it all up because you will never be able to discipline anyone else in your program again. And they. That's There was no choice here. Especially because it wasn't his
3: first time doing that. Right. I mean, he did it after the Minnesota game. He did it after the spring game. He's done it multiple times. But The point is, when your entire program is based on the concept of tough love, mm. at some point that love has to be tough. Mm. And sometimes that means making a tough decision and telling someone, you've done something we can't come back from because that's how you learn. And I, I know for, for Ryan Day, that is the that had to be the conversation in his mind. Like, are we being true to our, our standard, to our, our, our motto here if we – Dismissing, but the point is for the kids that have done it the right way you want you're trying to teach lessons here this is and i think this is where ohio state still i i want to give kudos to what they're doing because it's not a place like sec schools that i won't name specifically where why not
1: bobby does it this is it this fills is a, up his twitter mentions
3: this is a program that they, they really are trying to still mold young people it's not just about creating football players and so there is a, a chance to for a teachable moment but how many teachable moments does someone get and I think that at some point, that goodwill uh, tank runs out, and, and we ran into that on Sunday. Okay, and I guarantee yeah. it killed <laughs> goodwill Ryan tank Day. was on empty. <laughs> yeah, goodwill, goodwill hunting.
0: And I guarantee it killed Ryan Day to have to tell him like you can't come back. I mean he. <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's also that point where you're just, like, so frustrated, too, with him that you're like, okay, I don't want to deal with well, this. But he's invested how many years in him? And he's part of the brotherhood. He's part of the Ohio State football family. And so, I mean, I guarantee that wasn't easy. Get it
3: out, Bob. It's, last, it's, well, last thought.
2: It's one thing. Last parting thought on that since you brought up Ryan Day. You know, he obviously saw and experienced what happened on the sideline. I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall and someone would <laughs> yeah. be like – yeah, this is what came on tweeted out. Like, I mean, just look. I mean, I don't even. I, could you even say anything?
1: He's he said in the post game press conference, was like, so Bill Landis asked him about it, and he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, somebody told me there was a tweet." I'm like, "Yeah, you knew it right <laughs> away." What um, the tweet? I, um, I'm going to investigate that. what it was, and figure out exa- I think spell check may have, <laughs> may have let him down. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't pretty, but that's. I just. There's no way around it. We had to talk about it. But there were a lot of positives on Saturday mm. night, believe it or not, Never. from a game that felt more normal for Ohio State. So let's get into some Roosters-Buckeye leaves. Nicole has a notebook full of options. She might go Schlage-style today and take the whole defense, for all I know, but yes. definitely has a lot of options. I
0: was talking a lot about the defense earlier, guys. You know, I, I, it was... I feel like the Buckeyes really needed this game. I, You could see their confidence level just grow throughout the entire game because of all the scoring, and um, it was just very impressive. And I, our neighbors were over. We were watching it outside. It was a gorgeous night, you know, and the defense looks a lot more gap sound, you know, against the rush. So I, that was great to see, you know, for all the trouble. You could just see the confidence in these guys, which was really great. So I, I'm giving it to the entire.
1: I'm just picturing defense. Nicole now out. Watching the game in the yard. She's got a whiteboard up next to the board. (laughs) She's she's drawing up a gap, B gap. We're filling the gap. There
0: was a lot of conversations (laughs) going on. It was, it was so much fun to watch. It really was. And it was, it was an exciting game because there was so much scoring, (laughs) you know? And so it, I, I think the defense gets it this week for sure.
1: Haskell Garrett was very good.
0: Three sacks. I mean, he, he looked great and they were even talking, maybe it was in rapid reaction that you guys were talking about. I loved it that he, like they were just talking about how you could see uh, he was bringing what he's brought to other games previously. Yeah. Like it, he just stood out a lot more this game.
1: Burnham, I did realize that I made a mistake in rapid reaction. I said that Haskell had a three sack game last year. That was Tommy Togiai. Yeah, because Haskell only had two in his career. Yeah, so uh, I have to coming into the game. I have to make sure that I acknowledge and issue, a correction. Uh, he instead just scores touchdowns. I appreciate that. Sacks, yeah, he, so, had, um, he has he has as many sacks coming into this game against Akron as he has career touchdowns. Well, now that's changed because he racked up three of them. Bob, that huge. Bob make your pick.
2: I'm going to go with uh, you know one of the young linebackers who I thought has carried himself particularly well, looked good, very productive out there. And Mr. Cody Simon, I thought you know he was kind of on his way, and I think we're going to start to see a youth movement. And I want if you're going to play young guys, I want young guys that are dudes that carry themselves the right way. Like Cody Simon's going to make. Some Wait mistakes. a
1: minute, you wanted wild cards and. Guys stabbing people with Cody knives? Cody Simon, now, I, think, I think... Now you Co- want a future president?
2: Well, I <laughs> listen, I also think that he might have the ability to stab somebody. The rules well, are
3: changing for what a president's allowed to do. 100%. Oh, okay.
2: well, what sense. you'd be willing to do to get there. Cody Simon speaks with authority. <laughs> you can hear him talk. He has conviction. He has a high GSF. Things matter to him. And when you have a really high GSF, you might be willing to do some things okay. on the edge of the law to make sure... <laughs> To preserve yourself, your family, or your friends, and I think that maybe he has that in him. It's not the crazy style, but it's like, hey, if you're really gonna press me into service, you're gonna get everything that comes. So, Cody Simon, Buckeye Leaf. I like.
0: I like it. it.
1: Bob was way more excited to give him out this week. If you cover, yeah, as a great team, yeah, then he's excited to give out Buckeye Leaves. I that's the standard.
2: Well, I was right on the edge there at
1: the end. There, I mean, <laughs> it was. Tyleek Williams was a very yes. popular guy in yeah. Vegas on Saturday night, I think. Great or wherever else, great too. Uh, I've got a unique
3: approach to the, to oh, the old Gantt, Roosters yeah. Buckeye Leaves here. And this is uh, as because of Kayvon Pope. My Buckeye Leaves go to Dallas Gantt. It goes to Demario McCall. It goes to Seven Banks. It goes to Steel Chambers. Dang. It goes to a lot of guys in the program that have been there a long time that have been waiting and been forced to to make some decisions to move around, change positions, and have done it in a way that is a respectful, <laughs> professional manner. Master Teague, these are kids who have, some of them may still end up moving on, but they've handled themselves the right way. And I think that in a program that bases Marcus itself, Williamson. Marcus Williamson, another guy, like this is a a program doesn't get built overnight. You have to have guys that understand the sacrifice that goes into it and are willing to put themselves behind other people. Uh, and so when I watch someone like Master Teague, who has clearly been a team leader for Ohio State now for the last three years, he, he's he been put down into the, the third spot in the running back order, mm-hmm. hasn't complained at all. He just goes out there and he runs his butt off. He scores touchdowns. Maybe he's going to find another spot someday. Maybe he won't. And Ma- Marcus Williamson, a guy like that, who's now coming into the season in, in his fifth year, has been usurped, usurped in the lineup by a guy like Cam Martinez, who... All, all Williamson did is go out there in the second half and play the entire half and play his butt off. Play hard. And, and that's all you can ask for from these kids. And and not everyone's going to make it to the NFL. And I think there's comes a point in a in a career where you realize that what you've given to the to the program, what you've given to the school you've put that time into, uh, directly impacts what you're going to get out of it the rest of your life. And I think that you see some kids who've really just made that decision. And, and I think they, they deserve it. Hmm.
0: That's my favorite by far. I love Marcus. Berm, Great I good. just love it.
1: What about you, Austin? You really, gotta, really cook something up. Now I just have to talk about the game you after f- you did all that? <laughs> you want to follow that up? Not really.
0: That was amazing. That I sucks. love that.
1: Sorry. Why didn't you just go last <laughs> if you were going to do that? Sorry about that. Now I have to talk about, like, Kyle McCord just having a great yeah. first start and winning yeah. a game. And he wasn't uh, perfect by any stretch of the imagination, and it's the second time in a month that Ohio State had to go through this. But every every quarterback who's going to start a game has to do their first one at some point. It's the fourth true freshman in school history to start a game. With he and Travion Henderson, that became the first time in Ohio State history that two true freshmen started together in the backfield. So you said maybe there's a youth movement coming. It's it's fully here now. I don't think that that will be the case on Saturday night at quarterback afternoon. Saturday, why do I keep? I'm <laughs> just so used to playing under. The, and if it finishes at night, it counts as a night game yep. to me. Um, whatever. 3:30. I think that C.J. Stroud, as long as that week of rest worked out the way Ohio State envisions, that he will remain the starter. But what Kyle McCord did do that i think it will be encouraging and or challenging or however you want to phrase it for ryan day is that if the injury lingers or if there are a couple three four drives where it just looks out of whack and the production is not there well no longer is ohio state having to put out somebody who's never taken a snap into a game and say go rescue the team i think you look at the first three weeks and everybody said that maybe against tulsa well, why isn't he just trying kyle mccord well he
2: didn't prepare as 20, it was a it was a one-score game,
1: yeah, it, you know, and that's unfair to him. That's unfair to the rest of the team that's trying to win the game. like they had enough with Travion Henderson to win that game without it. and to just throw Kyle McCord out there without, without the benefit of a ton of first- team reps without ever having, put, having ever played in a game, just not going to happen. Well, now if you get into a similar situation, whether that's against Rutgers or anybody else, you at least know what Kyle McCord has done. And he was nervous early. You saw that. That's why you wouldn't be wanting to do that in the middle of yeah. the Oregon game or the middle of the Tulsa game. You know, that was never never in the cards. And also, he, just dropped through for almost 500 yards against Oregon. But that's neither here nor there.
2: Yards are meaningless. Well,
1: they can be when you run Tell that, that pop- to Justin Fields,
2: who <laughs> threw for one yard on well, Sunday. Sacks mattered a lot. Too. Right. Yards do count. <laughs> Not on the scoreboard, though. Well, they do exactly. For, exactly. They count. You don't Nagy,
1: get them. You don't get points on the
3: Matt scoreboard. Matt Nagy doesn't
1: even want yards, so that's that's a different story altogether. But I, Kyle McCord um, made a mistake, so he got a learning lesson. He got the reps. He got to go through it. Threw for 300 yards. Had a couple touchdowns. Not all of it was the most challenging throws anyone will ever have to make. I love the pop passes, the touch passes, the jet sweep motion, they whatever Ohio State calls it, which appears to be different than what it used to be in 2014 when when JT did this and, and became a Heisman Trophy contender. Um, those plays work. There's a bunch of other talented people out there. So Kyle McCord, he gets a Buckeye Leaf from me. Don't think that that necessarily means that it becomes a starter, but at least it's a an honor. You always want to get a Rooster Buckeye Leaf. And you also want to hear Nicole Cox's prediction when Ohio State plays at Rutgers. Yes. I believe it's a 16-point
2: spread. Is that right, Bob? It was 17. Maybe 17. it's moved. Depends on where you go to get your action, Austin. It's a good
0: point. Mm-hmm. So prediction wise, um, I'm gonna say 31-23. I th- I think it's gonna be a little closer because I think after watching Rutgers last year, they just they're just kind of they they surprise us. They do some different kind of I don't I can't find the well, they word.
2: They play hard. They 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 take, had gimmicks. But last they do
0: year. like the two passes. The double, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They,
1: they it, laid down in the end zone and did the trick. Uh, that's the
0: kick-off awesome. Return. I love that. I mean it's. Yeah. It confuses me. Like, I wonder, are you allowed to do that? But obviously you are. So <laughs> I, I think it might be a little closer. Um, but I, I had a question for you guys yeah. really quick. So do you think, you know, and this kind of goes back to Pope, do you think that, the play, that Ryan Day is playing all of these true freshmen so much now in these easier games to help with you know, kind of like our COVID year where these kids didn't get a lot yeah. of practice. And that way the veterans are having to sit, sit out a little, b- but it's because they know that, I, I don't know.
2: I think they're playing the young guys because they're going to probably just start playing the young guys. Yeah, I think it does the point, most part. The, it is related
1: though, Nicole, call just yeah. interject. They didn't it is related year. to COVID because, and, and the first two games, first two weeks may have looked a lot different if Lathan Ransom had got a whole season or, Uh, you know, throw anybody else out there that you want on defense. Cody Simon, uh, you know, without injuries, Ronnie Hickman uh, injuries as well. But these guys that could have played and didn't, didn't have practice time, didn't have game reps, didn't get any of that. And there is a, this is a cross college football, not just Ohio State, That if you look at Clemson being an absolute dumpster fire on offense, if you look at Oklahoma struggling every week and Spencer Rattler. I feel like it's everywhere. every, Every team is dealing with this. And that's what's made the first month of the season so wild it's not just Ohio State that's dealing with this you take away a year of development and some got to do more than others as Burma said maybe the rules were different in different parts of the country but you're still seeing teams in that in the SEC definitely in the ACC that are having those those problems you lose those practice reps the development the game reps it's hurt it's catching Mm -hmm. up and it's almost like a lost year But, but overall these young guys just might be better yeah that's a great point we're gonna let Nicole get out of here Thanks, That's guys. got her prediction Thanks on the record. Me. That's what everybody waits for. We're gonna, she's going to go along with it. I the just day. wish I
0: was as good as last year, guys. I just <sighs> wait. I was hey. a little better. It's this the week.
1: weird. It's the weird year. You yeah. can still blame COVID. That's what we're doing. Okay. Cheesy, uh, bacon, fries this week. Yes. On our Tuesday roosters bowl giveaway bobby's gonna yes. talk a lot more about that
0: um huge congratulations to chris davis who's our Ooh. week two winner i met him last week he's so pumped so excited so that's what he's doing i'm though. meeting our week three <laughs> i know right that's who i thought it was but it's not it's a different one i got really excited
1: <laughs> different chris davis congrats yeah. to him anyway yes. we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna eat some more roosters and we'll be right back with letterman live and now with some early bowl predictions bobby carpenter
2: well, Austin, what I'm seeing here is 12 lucky Roosters guests are getting the opportunity to travel to this year's Buckeye Bowl game. Each trip comes complete with two tickets, airfare, and hotel. One prize winner will be chosen each week. Guests need to register weekly at RoostersWings.com. Uh,
1: that's great, Bobby. What I was asking was your prediction for the Buckeyes this bowl season.
2: I have no idea. I'm going to Roosters right now to register. Precision engineering rigorous attention to detail. A Bryant Evolution heating system is so well designed it's as much of a joy to install as it is to use. Good to go. For the dealer nearest you, visit Bryant.com
1: all right, welcome back into the Letterman Lounge. We are at Roosters for more fun, casual conversation, and Spencer Holbrook has joined us. And he apparently wanted to give out a buckeye leaf. Spencer,
4: that's nice. I'm going to give out a buckeye leaf. I'm wow. going to be very nice. I'm feeling pretty good on this Monday. Uh, if anybody knows, uh, Steel Chambers has not, and I have not always been on the best of terms. You haven't? Why? No. Um, we, we there was a social media incident. Um. <laughs> So, I'm going to clear never, the air.
1: Never tweet. Never tweet. Again is the lesson.
4: Actually, I just tweeted a story link, but I oh. guess I can't even tweet those. Oh. Um, anyways, Steele, playing really well at linebacker right now. He he looks like a guy who should have been playing linebacker a long time ago. And uh, if he would have, I think he probably would be one of the leaders of, of that unit right now. And he's becoming one anyways. And so, I think he deserves a Buckeye Leaf for finally accepting the role of linebacker finally making that move and and going to that side of the ball and dedicating himself to it. And he was second on the team in tackles. He had a pass breakup. He had a quarter I think he had a quarterback hurry, tackle for loss. Like he's flying around making plays. Uh, in a room that looks pretty shaky right now. He's kind of becoming one of those stable guys who I think Ohio State's gonna have to rely on down the road in the big in big ten play. So I think he deserves a buckeye leaf because I think he's just getting started of what he could do. Bob,
3: do you think that players who have an offensive background it's easier to make that adjustment to defense than
2: than what coming from a special team? Well, no, background? Just, I just
3: mean like for someone like who who's really has an offensive mind, yeah, um, as opposed to just being or going from defense to offense, for example, like uh, a Cade Stover. I mean, as someone who like Cam Martinez comes to mind because. You see him. You love him. Uh, well, sure, but also because he's actually played well. Great. Sure, he's he's played he's played really well in the in the two games he's had a chance to get in there. And I was just wonder if if you think those guys see the ball better.
2: I do think that they're especially if you're talking about receivers, probably playing defensive back. As long as you possess the skills and traits to be able to backpedal, flip your hips, and do things that are a little bit different than wide receiver. I, I mean, I think it's a benefit. And as far as like that's more with Cam than with Steele. Playing running back is all about finding finding space. And they can draw up, hey, this is the hole that's going to be there. This is where we think it's going to go. <clears throat> and things happen all over the place. And it's literally about finding slivers of light, being able to identify that. And there's a certain element of that that playing linebacker helps you. Like Aj and I used to talk about that. Like we both played running back in high school. And they're like, hey, find the ball. And it's like, okay, well, you're trying to find it from the mirror image. Where's the light? You know, I know I'm supposed to be here. I take care of that. But there's no way they're running there and you start to fall back and you can get it on plays. And I, watching Steele play and just seeing him some in practice, I feel like he sees that. And because he doesn't necessarily look like he when he first started, like fully certain about what he was supposed to be doing. We yeah. did a great job of finding open air and just had a knack to be able to do that. And that's probably seeing that reverse picture of what he normally would see at running back.
1: I I may I may be very wrong about this. The explanation that the coaching staff always gives at Ryan day gives when you're talking about moving positions for players, whether that was DeMario this year, whether that's been in the past with Sam Hubbard or Cade Stover, uh, but steel chambers specifically comes to mind. So, well, the player needs to buy into it. We're not going to force somebody to move positions, but in this case of steel chambers, I I always just wonder like, why don't you, if you are, it's not, you're most valuable to the team if you're in the position where you should be playing best and dating back to his recruitment, you know, Mark Pantoni and those people saw steel chambers as a better linebacker. And he was never going to climb that pecking order at running back. And so I get it that if somebody's not fully invested in, like, I think I'm a running back, you don't want to make, they may not tr- I don't, be as committed to the process at linebacker. But if that's the case, like what are they actually giving to the program? If you say, need you to play linebacker, this is where you're gonna be best. And we're going into the spring game and Rowan McCullough is playing at linebacker. Like <laughs> oh, it couldn't have been more clear that there was a need and it matched up with his skill set. Like why I just don't get why they didn't say this is it. And if you think you're a running back, uh the transfer portal is available. And I, I get that also like isn't that make, probably why they don't do it because Yeah but like what value was there to Steel Chambers being at running back? No, I it was he, never going to help them there. It well, just wasn't.
2: Well, there's too many other guys is the problem. I think he could have been a functional running back. He wouldn't have been like the guys that we've seen out there so but far. A,
1: but, again, like Ohio State's roster has to play into that. Well, they're giving the scholarship. And, did they,
2: well, what did they tell the kid, young man when they recruited him? And if they said, we're going to give you an opportunity to play running back. That's it. I mean, yeah. so if you say, said, well, you can't play this anymore. You essentially lied to the guy. It was, now you can go. It was
3: you're going to have the opportunity to play running back if the, if that's what you want to do, and then we'll see how it plays out.
4: But how long is long enough for that opportunity? Because we saw him for a couple of years, and again, I'm, this would be nice to seal show, but you know he was putting the ball on the turf, and if that's, you told that's me, why he wasn't if you, getting on the if field. You
2: told me that I had the opportunity to play a particular position when I got to school there. And it was my choice of what I wanted to do. Then bleep everybody else. I'm going to do this until I don't want to. uh, And so you can say, well, you're going to take my scholarship? You're going to bump me off the team? Yeah. Like, that's – okay, now you're a bad dude. You you might as well be coaching the SEC because you're straight up lying to guys and you're bringing them in. So you may look at it while you're taking up a roster spot. Well, you know what? I don't give a damn what you think because this is my career and I'm going to do with it what I want. And if I want to stay here and try to wait it out and grind it out, and maybe you've told me in not so many uncertain terms that I'm never going to be able to get on the field there. We will recruit over you. You won't get over there. And if this is still what I want to do because – hey, I don't care about playing the next level, even if it's just me doing it in practice, I enjoy this more than something else, then I'm going to continue to do that. Yeah,
3: I don't think it's a, an entire coincidence that the decision to finally give linebacker a try lines up pretty nicely with, pretty with Travion Henderson showing yeah. up on campus and going, oh, okay, well, that might be a mountain I can't climb. Because if you look at the, the rest of the room before a guy like Travion gets to, to town – it might be a little bit more manageable. And you say, hey, there's not a huge gap between Marcus Crowley or Master Teague or or Mayan Williams and myself. But when you see a guy like Trey, and then you start to see the the opportunity at linebacker where the depth is so just exceedingly thin. Razor thin. Yeah. At that point, you go, well, this might make more sense. So maybe that's what takes so long for it to happen. But you you have an opportunity. You only have a, a limited window of opportunity to make an impact at a place like Ohio State and right now and i'm telling you it's probably the surprise of surprises for me this season is that not only does steel chambers look extremely adequate at linebacker but he looks like he's getting better every single week and i don't, i think the kid the kid's going to be a, a contributor at that spot throughout the year maybe for us it's just because hindsight
4: is is so clearly 2020 that you know this move should have been made so long ago well you know, we yeah. don't we don't exactly know everything that went on there. Maybe he was going to and they're like, wait, let's see what how this shakes out in the spring. So maybe we're a little too quick to but Bob's right, though. Maybe he's, if, if, right. if
3: if, if Steele's mind is set on that, it doesn't matter what people are telling him coming out of high school. I told him as a recruiting analyst coming out, Expert. I, I thought his best future was at linebacker yeah. when I saw his tape I, I, and he got pretty bothered with me back then when he was still in high school because I thought that, and I, would, I was writing that, I think his future as a linebacker, and that's not what he wanted to hear. And for a lot of these kids, when, and Bob, you know this better than anybody, when you're at a, a level like Ohio State or, or above, you have so much confidence in what you can mm-hmm. do that you sometimes can't hear anything from other people if it, if it doesn't
2: you know jive with what you feel. I mean, you look at certain guys, I mean, to the detriment of their careers to hold on to a certain position. Terrell and, Pryor. 100%. And that's what and that's what I'm saying. It's like if you're bound to determined, the decision when Ryan Day says, you know, it has to be there, you've got to own it because if you don't want to do it, you're not going to be productive over there. You ever We think it's like perfectly transferable. Hey, you're going to go there and work exactly as hard. Well, I don't really want to do this, and I don't like it. And this is why I like playing football. I like playing this position. And so it's like, are you a football player? Do you want to continue to play the game, or do you just want to continue to do this? And that's – those conversations – you know, need to happen. Part of it is the coaching staff, you've got to be, you got to be able to sell them on it too yeah. and present them an opportunity, which they're, Hey, we have an opportunity here. Probably not as much over there. We're pretty certain we can get you on the field and assuming that you're as half as decent as we think. And so you have to begin to pitch that to them. And from a guy like, and they, there was position shifts during my career. And it's like, Hey, we need you to do this for the team. And then this is also how it will benefit you. Now, this is what you're going to have to do to get better, and this is how we're going to work it in and, and be able to kind of transition. But it's ultimately going to benefit you. Here's how. And so you get the guys on board, like, okay, I've never done this before. I didn't envision myself doing it, but now that I am, I'm going to own this. And I think it's something you start doing. He's like, I guarantee you, after three or four days, and people are like, hey, you're doing a pretty good job. And like yeah. the coaches tell him, players can see it. You can see it on film. Like, you can't fool the room. Like then, all of a sudden, there is that level of buy-in that probably may may not have been there if after you know fall camp. It's like, hey, you got to get over here.
3: I think it's cool. fun for people to like take shots at Al Washington in that linebacker room right now. But as Austin and I were talking about this uh, on Sunday night, like I think if you look at the room, despite the loss of Kayvon Pope, despite the transfer of Dallas Cant, you're you're seeing development out of, of Steel Chambers, you're, uh, injury Mitchell Melton. You're seeing development out of Steel Chambers. You're seeing Taraji Mitchell make plays and and be active and be Uh, you know he's making mistakes he's missing some tackles he he needs to not miss but you're seeing Cody Simon start to elevate you're seeing Tommy Eichenberg slowly get better he had he's not as athletic as the other guys in that room right now and so he he looks maybe a step slow and and certainly
2: part of it is the muddiness of what they were seeing in front of them and now that started to get cleared up a little bit against Tulsa where guys were going and doing what they were supposed to
3: But I think that room's getting better, and yeah. I think that even though it's now extreme within, I think Paulie Neoteote has played fine when he's been on the field. He just needs to get more reps. I think it, the room needs bodies, but I think it's actually playing much better than it did three weeks ago.
4: Bob, do you think that that's because Al is is his own kind of coach? He's he's more of like a rah-rah guy, and, and you have to kind of buy into what he's he's preaching to you. Like You can see the young guys. Cody doesn't know better. He's only been coached by Al Washington. These these other some of these guys have only been coached at linebacker, Ohio State by Al Washington. Those are the guys right now that seem to be really picking it up. And Taraji is an exception because he's just he's a leader of the defense. But some of these guys who didn't have Al their first year or two, first year or two don't seem didn't seem to be uh, playing as well as the guys who have had Al solely
2: Al in their career. I mean, everyone told me Billy Davis was terrible. I mean, that's not, that's not the narrative, so shouldn't bring it in Al. Like, and now people are saying, well, Al might not be a very good coach. Listen, you have to have good players, and then you have to have players that care a lot. They may be talented, but actually care about doing what they're supposed to do. Cody Simon and Tommy Eichenberg are not going to make the same mistakes twice. And I think for that fact, you know, Mitchell, I could, you could probably throw him. Some of those young guys, they're conscientious. They care a lot. So when you make a mistake, that's cool. Let's not do the same thing the next week. And that's where people have gotten upset with some of these players. That
3: Some of the veterans, right. Some
2: of the veteran guys. Like, we've been coaching to do. Like, why are they doing that? Well, okay, it's one thing if the young guy makes that mistake. They've never done it before. You did this last year. You did this last week. And we can't – I tell you what to do. I can't do it for you. And I don't think it's like Al's coaching stuff. I've watched him go out there and coach. I think he does a good job. He, he, the the points that he makes, The the – level and area of expertise and instruction I think is on point it's a matter of sometimes guys being able to absorb it and understand it and then take it to the field and I think some of the guys that are playing a little bit more now they're doing that and you're why that's why you're starting to see some of that growth
1: I said um, that maybe I was wrong about the steel chambers thing you guys convinced me I'll say that I that I was maybe it was just the sales pitch wasn't aggressive enough or sold properly but you know eventually they got it right here, and if you take the linebackers out of the equation, as Ohio State goes for a what time's the game on Saturday, bro? Three thirty. Three thirty. Which off. actually, to be fair, is to it, be fair. Three thirty in New Jersey is essentially seven thirty in Ohio.
2: Yeah, it's a night game in New Jersey.
3: Yeah, it's it'll be dark. Yeah. It's dark by four fifteen in New Jersey
2: hey. after daylight, not not before daylight. Same time. <laughs> hey, what day is it? The game is Saturday.
3: Saturday. Saturday. We see,
1: see Lubrano's.
3: So there's this little uh, Italian joint we go to. It's don't called, tell. The, no, don't. It's tell called me. Lubrano's. It's right next to uh, uh, an, an adult store uh, for beverages. Um,
2: I thought the name Lubrano's might be an adult. Like, collaborative adult. Well,
1: no, no but we funny like any story about that.
3: We like to go to Lubrano's uh, <laughs> before the games in New Jersey. We like to go to Stuff Your Face uh, in in Piscataway. On campus Two of the Rutgers. only
1: four things that you can do in Piscataway, yeah, New Jersey. But
3: Stuff Your Face is, is definitely primo stopping grounds. If you're an Ohio State fan and you're going to Rutgers, go to Stuff Your Face.
1: You were talking about Lubrano's, however.
3: I know, but I, and then I started thinking about those Stromboli's.
1: Yeah, about those. Stromboles. Stromboles. Uh, um you'll actually enjoy that story bob but it's not really one that we should tell on the air so we'll just save that uh if you take the linebackers out of it saturday afternoon slash night what does ohio state have to show you to win this game where they have to prove what question is most unanswered about this team as they head into game number five which feels like game 15
2: well i think defensively and this is even going to be, you know, I think for the offense as well, but it's more noticeable on the defense. Greg Shannon really played a pretty straight against Michigan. They really didn't do a whole lot. I mean, they got I didn't down. didn't feel like
1: they were even trying to win the game,
2: they're trying to keep it close. It felt like, okay, down, what, 23, they come back. They make it respectable. It's 13, 2013 at the end of the game. They really didn't feel like they sold out, like, not with all the bag of tricks they had no. last year against Ohio State. So there's going to be something in there that you're not ready for. And their coach is going to tell them, like, we can't sit here and just practice all these crazy things that we think Shiano, Greg Shiano might do. We've got to use our rules of our assignment. They may come out in a formation or something that we've never even seen. We've got to stay calm. We have to adjust to it and be able to get it stopped. And then we'll get back to their normal stuff. And so I, for, we're talking about playing a lot of young guys. It's hard when you're young because you haven't seen enough stuff before. When you're older, like, yeah, we saw this a year and a half ago. And maybe it was some version of it. Yep. We'll do this and that. and Boom, it's fixed. And you don't give up a touchdown while you're trying to fix it, which is also key. So that's, <laughs> that's some of the things that I'm looking at. Greg's like, it tough, he's an aggressive coach, they'll be ready to go. But he ultimately, th- there's going to be some wrinkles, I think, in this game plan that you know, they haven't really seen all year. Maybe a crack toss to the boundary.
1: Well, yeah, that's definitely seen that. Hard to get ready for that. Yeah, it's such a novel concept.
4: Greg's Greg's teams do one thing: they play really hard. They're they're it's a tough team. They're they're just tough. Like against Michigan, you saw them. Like Michigan was punching them in the mouth early, and and Rutgers just the Tampa kinda, Bay Buccaneers
1: played so hard.
4: Kind of didn't go hard. Right.
1: Like
2: <laughs> in all fairness, he did want them to fire off on victory knees, and they did do it, which I yeah. can't believe all the guys did.
4: Like the the toughness aspect is something you're going to get from from Rutgers now nowadays. And so I think I just need to see from Ohio State that level of defensive toughness that you know in all honesty really wasn't there against Oregon yeah. was was spotty against Tulsa like you need to come out punch them in the mouth show the toughness match the toughness of Rutgers mm. cuz they're going to be up for it and then that's when the talent kicks in you're you're so much more talented than them across the board like if you can come out match the toughness i think that's when the talent will show and that's when you could see you know a pretty lopsided score uh, once uh, once that talent does kick mm. in mm. i want intestinal fortitude Okay,
3: I want to see Javante Jean-Baptiste and Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison and Teron Vincent. I want to see those guys when they're back in the lineup after taking this week off against Akron, when most of them could have played. I want to see them realize that their job is in jeopardy because the young guys are coming and they're not the young guys are not going to be just handing them their job back. No. And I want to see those guys who we were counting on, you know, at the beginning of the year, that defensive line was supposed to be the ace in the hole for Ohio State as the rest of the defense figured itself out. And the defensive line, up until the game against Akron, which doesn't count entirely, but nine sacks, um, uh, ten sacks now in the year for the defensive tackles for Ohio State, only two for the defensive ends. Something has to give when it comes to young guys, whether it's JT Tuomalau and Jack Sawyer keeping uh, Harrison and JJB and and Tyreek Smith off the field. That, to me, is the the first thing. Those those defensive linemen coming back have to be dominant. Um, Second... I just I want to see if C.J. Stroud can prove that he's the guy and, and be a, not, I know C.J. Stroud's a leader on the team, and I, that's not a question mark. I want to see him if he's ready to go physically, go out there and, and dominate a game. If he's not, and this is going to maybe sound counterintuitive, I don't want him to play. So, that's well, what I, thought. I mean, I. Th- <laughs>
2: If he's not ready, no, I'm with you. It's not. We're not putting our toe in the water here. Right. Like this isn't wading into a zero entry. This is, hey, buddy, we're we're jumping off this cliff in Jamaica. I don't. The rocks down there. Maybe the guy jumped before me. He landed right there. I'm going to land in the same spot. <laughs> I watched him come up. All right, 40 feet. Whoosh. Let's go.
1: I, the way I came out, and I just, I mean, the way Berm put it, I was trying to think if I disagreed with that. I don't think I do because coming out of Saturday night, my takeaway at quarterback was. Ohio State could win the Big Ten with any of the three. I said that in the spring, and I feel that way now. I, there's more evidence that Kyle McCord could potentially do that, even if it was just Akron. But the most important thing for Ohio State is to play a healthy quarterback. Mm. So if C.J. Stroud is not healthy, then you shouldn't play him because all, they need somebody to take advantage of the three best wide receivers in the country. And the best running back in the Big Ten. And, you know, you can't have this situation where you never know what's going to happen if he's going to you know, pull off of a release because there's a pain in the shoulder and throwing high because of that. I know that C.J. Stroud has a legitimate excuse for some of these throws, but it it doesn't quite work as well when on the very next one he can throw a 50-yarder on the line to Chris Olave. So they need to once they decide if he's healthy, C.J. Stroud is the guy. But what they need more than anything is a healthy guy because so you cannot forfeit the advantage that you have with the rest of that offense.
3: Greg Schiano is going to throw some stuff at a young quarterback that's going to be confusing no matter what. So if you if you throw that out there and then you have to deal with the the uh, uncertainty around the shoulder and that part of it as well, then it's just another wrinkle that you just don't need. If you're going to have a quarterback out there making mistakes or, or throwing, I, I don't care which one it is. So as long as it's a guy that is going to be 100% able to go as hard as he can go the whole game, that's that's what matters to me.
2: Wouldn't surprise me if Greg sends some pressure. You're gonna put Stroud out there and he's got a bad shoulder, like yeah. let's get to him. Let's yeah. make him uncomfortable. We'll see if he gets hit to the ground once, how good it feels, and then then make your decision. And I think the
4: the added layer to this is nobody is expecting a quarterback controversy whatsoever. But the longer if CJ Stroud is to sit against Rutgers, the longer he is out, the more body of work uh Kyle McCord has to put together. And then you're talking about going into, you know, mid to late October and you're still wondering, okay, who's the quarterback when C.J. Stroud is healthy? I think this this is a huge week for that quarterback room, just because if he's not healthy, and then McCord goes out and plays well against Rutgers, and then you say, okay, C.J., are you 100%? And if he, you know, if he says yes, then, okay, go out there against Maryland. If he says no, then Kyle McCord's getting a third start. And so I, I think this is a very big week for that quarterback
1: room. Well, I think if the situation is serious enough that he can't play for two weeks, then you're not just talking about rest being the The fix for that. Absolutely. But but we'll see. I'm also not a doctor. I just host Letterman Live at Roosters every Monday. It's a fun casual joint. They're giving away a a bowl trip that Bob knows a little bit about you can register every single day.
2: Every single day, but you can register. There are now eight opportunities left to win. There was originally twelve. Go to Roosterswings.com. You can register to win two bowl tickets per person every single week. So you win, you get a pair of bowl tickets. You get airfare to the bowl location, assuming they win two more games, <laughs> and deluxe hotel co- accommodations. Deluxe. Deluxe. Wow. And so Roosters, the official wing sponsor of Ohio State Athletics, by the way, roosterswings.com. You can register there. Go sign up. Go win. Who is Chris Davis, the former Orioles slugger? Won the last one, so that's exciting for him uh, to be able to do that with his He's buyout. an Ohio guy. Is he really? Yeah,
3: he's from up uh, up near like Fremont or something. Perfect, he had, like 140 last. Well,
2: that year. makes sense. That makes sense why he would register and be going to Roosters. So that feels like Berm made. No, that it was up. Chris Hoyles. Oh, yeah, okay. I knew
1: Burn made that up.
2: You said Orioles guy. I'm like, oh, Chris. Chris I was thinking
4: whatever. of Chris Davis, the Alabama kick six game.
2: Oh, I don't know anything about baseball. By the way, it's Mike Schmidt's birthday today. So. <laughs> Mike Schmidt, a, he's an Ohio Bobcat, too. 536
3: career home runs from Dayton, Ohio.
2: Berm's birthday. So somehow his- I know that.
1: Burns' birthday is this weekend
2: He's some call him the best third baseman of all time do you is that right i'm,
1: I'm right. not well versed him to make and brooks it.
3: robinson maybe that conversation
1: okay we've
3: lost the plot totally. i'd probably say mike schmidt would probably be the best third baseman of all time
1: i there guarantee that i don't care how that conversation ends one <laughs> way or the other so let's <laughs> but
2: it on. will be a happy ending for austin <laughs> That's, as always
1: and it will be we're gonna get out of here Thanks to Nicole Cox and Roosters for having us back in the Letterman Lounge. This has been Letterman Live. I've lost control of the show, so it's time for us to go. Thanks to Nicole, Spencer Holbrook, Bobby Carpenter, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. We will see you next time. Stay tuned for full coverage of Ohio State and Rutgers at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday at LettermanRow.com.